When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. District of Conservation is sponsored by Real Camo Girl, a lifestyle brand for women who love the great outdoors, spanning from hunting, fishing, foraging, archery, shooting sports, and the like. We are proud to have them as a sponsor, and you can learn more about them at www.realcamogirl.com and follow them all across social media to learn more and get involved. Welcome to episode 30, yes, 3-0 of District of Conservation. It is an exciting Tuesday to put out an episode. Peak cherry blossom season has finally been achieved as of yesterday. Peak bloom is here. About 70% of cherry blossoms are at maturity, which is awesome. I'm going to see those this Saturday. And there's just so much happening. I'm going fishing and turkey hunting more in the coming weeks so there's so much to be excited for here and in your area so i hope you guys are going outdoors more today i'm going to briefly recap my experience in virginia's elk country and talk a little bit about my upcoming speech at the ohio state university tomorrow yes that is happening so if you're in the area in columbus you're going to want to listen to more details on how you can attend elk in virginia That seems inconceivable to most people, especially those who are hunting enthusiasts, wildlife conservationists, outdoor enthusiasts, wildlife lovers. But let me tell you, it is not a myth. I got to see Virginia's elk herd firsthand this past weekend in Buchanan County, which is in southwestern Virginia. It's almost a seven-hour drive. It's about six and a half hours from Washington, D.C., metro area, or northern Virginia. And despite it being a hike, it was so worth it. The reason how I got roped into this, into this Rendezvous Elk Weekend, is because I sit on the planning committee for my local chapter of the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, which I got involved with recently. And we had our banquet. I I think I alluded to that in a previous episode recently. But because of my participation in our committee and our banquet and tagging along on emails and keeping up to date with things, I was able to attend this work weekend in Grundy, Virginia as a result of that. And those who aren't members of Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, like my father, although I'll try to rope him in to membership too, but even non-members were able to come down for this work weekend. And it was such a beautiful weekend in the heart of coal country. And as I had written on Facebook, I had never been to coal country anywhere in the United States, not because I scoffed at it or despise it or hate it. I was never in close proximity to coal country to ever really see what happens there. And many people hold this belief that wildlife cannot thrive in areas that have been processed or are explored. You often see people say that only wildlife can thrive in a totally preservationist environment, which is patently false. I got to see firsthand the 
confluence of wildlife and the energy sector. And this is not to say that every energy, traditional energy interest is kosher, good, etc. But I believe a lot of people are unfairly maligned in coal, wall drilling, mineral extraction, oil and gas. And Grundy is proof of that. This town is so small. It is very secluded. And you see these people who would not be perceived as wildlife conservation is so adamant about having a healthy elk herd or seeing the elk reintroduced and thriving here in the state of Virginia. For those of you who don't know, there used to be a subspecies of the elk, the eastern elk, that used to thrive here in Virginia. And when this country was founded, this elk was known to be from east of the Mississippi to the northeast to most of most of uh, the eastern United States. It had a lot of territory for where it roamed. And sadly, due to poaching and overhunting, plus also habitat loss, as this country began to grow in population, the eastern elk species sadly was decimated. And the last known eastern elk was believed to have been harvested on September 1st, 1877. There is an exact date for that. And that that last known elk was supposedly located in the state of Pennsylvania. And then there have been writings out there saying that there is a strain, although it's diluted, of the eastern elk in New Zealand. I read that somewhere, which was really interesting. Uh, But in Virginia, the elk used to be occupying a range west of North Virginia and Tidewater it used to occupy a huge range out here. And like I said, due to those two factors, uh, they saw a loss of, of their species. And in 2012, a formal action to bring elk to Virginia was carried out and elk would spill over from Kentucky, nearby Kentucky, where there is a thriving elk population. So they take these Rocky mountain elk, from Kentucky and reintroduce them to Virginia. But again, there was some spillover there from my understanding and from what people have told me. And since that time, there have been, there has been an explosion to about 200 elk in the current herd as of this recording. And what people on the ground told me is that there are a lot of cows, elk cows that are pregnant and they should expect at most 50 calves this month if all goes to plan and they survive and they're healthy. So this is very fertile ground for elk in Virginia. And I'm so grateful to have experienced this. I'm going to detail it at Sporting Classics and a few other publications. An episode of my forthcoming CFAC video series is going to be focused on this. And one of the gentlemen who has spearheaded this, his name is Leon Boyd, a really exceptional guy. And like I said, he worked, a lot of these people have worked in oil and gas and they're very conscious about the surroundings, about the people that their industry affects and also the wildlife too. And so it goes to show that you can have a coexistence of everything and everything thriving and you don't have to sacrifice one thing over the other. And it's just such a wonderful wonderful mix of everything. And I'm going to do my best to detail it beyond this podcast as well. But I wanted to share my thoughts on the experience, the confluence of modernity with wildlife conservation, 
the success of this program and the future of it. So we have a lot, there are a lot of stakeholders who are to thank for the success of the elk, namely the Virginia Game and Inland Fisheries, uh, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation and the Virginia leaders for that, private stakeholders, private landowners, the habitat where the elk is thriving and roaming today is on private property, which is really interesting to see. And then you have people who work in oil and gas and mining and coal that are also very interested and involved. You have private people, you have various different stakeholders, just everyone you can think of working together to ensure that the elk thrive and that they don't get poached. There have been a few elk that have been poached since introduction efforts back in 2012, but I think a lot of people understand that that is unacceptable and that they're going to work hard to ensure that doesn't happen. But Virginia are thriving in coal country in Southwestern Virginia. And it's such a beautiful sight to see. Look on my social media accounts for pictures and some videos. If you're curious to see what that is, but stay tuned for some videos and articles on the very experience. If you're curious and last but not least, we're going to have more discussions about politics and policies that affect sportsmen positively and negatively, but I wanted to conclude this episode with a little pitch for you guys to attend my upcoming talk tomorrow at the Ohio State University. CFACT's chapter at OSU uh, put together by a wonderful student activist named Kenny Horsley. He's been so grateful. He's been so great to work with. He organized a panel with yours truly, Bruce Tagg from Sportsman's Alliance and Dr. Robert Gates from Ohio State University School of Environment and Natural Resources to come talk about the topic hunting is conservation during their time for change week at OSU. This is going to be a really interesting conversation and panel discussion. We're all going to bring our different perspectives. Dr. Gates has a background in wildlife biology and can speak to his experiences with that. Bruce will talk about his experience in governmental affairs and his work with Sportsman's Alliance. And I'm going to come about it from a reporting standpoint, journalism standpoint, outdoor writer standpoint, and someone who is an adult onset hunter. I did not start hunting from the get-go. I first started fishing and then I moved my way to shooting sports. And now I'm very firmly planted in hunting and I try to do it as best as possible and as frequently as possible, even though I'm new to it. But I understand the dynamics of it, the misconceptions associated with it. And all of us together, I think putting our minds together is going to create something really wonderful for people in and around OSU. So if you find yourself in the Columbus, Ohio area, please come to our discussion tomorrow from noon to 1 p.m. at the Ohio Union Room. It's on the second floor. And if you're curious, I'm going to attach in the show notes location details because I think I may have missed some details, but it's the Ohio Union Room, the second floor. You can't miss it. You can find us on the Time for Change website, and I'll include that again on the show notes as well with every other pertinent type of tidbit you may need or need. But if you have friends in Columbus, Ohio, or those who know or you know those attending OSU, please encourage them to attend. It's a good lunch and learn period. I learned it was midterms week at OSU, so I'm hoping the attendance won't be curbed or deterred, but come for lunch and learn if you're 
let a listener in the area. You're going to find it informative. You don't have to stay for the full time if you have other plans, but come for the full thing, come for a portion of it. And I think you're going to learn a lot from all of us who are going to be participating. To everyone who has listened to the podcast so far, thank you. I hope this episode was enjoyable and you learned a little bit about elk recovery efforts here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. The goal of this podcast is to highlight what's happening on Capitol Hill in various state legislatures, but a key focus is highlighting conservation efforts here in the Mid-Atlantic, specifically my adopted state of Virginia. And we're going to be proceeding with interviews, discussions on public policy issues as it relates to hunting, fishing, and shooting sports. We're going to have our bases covered with many different things going forward. But if you were unsure as to what the goals of this podcast are, I hope this offered a good clarification on that because I discuss a lot and a lot of this is interconnected and it may not seem obvious what we're trying to aim here, but that's what it is. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave a review if you feel inclined, and download the episode. Every download counts. Every download matters. And the more traction we get, the higher we can chart on Apple Podcasts. We're also available on Google Play, Spotify, and other supporting platforms. And you can find all the supporting platforms at anchor.fm if you're curious. Thank you guys for listening to District of Conservation. Leave a review. Send us some feedback. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And hopefully you guys are enjoying learning about conservation even if you're not an active consumer in it. It's important to have a more conservative perspective on these issues, and I'm hoping that I'm delivering on that for you all. Thank you, guys. Hope to see you at OSU, and take care.